You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 80. And New York Rangers hockey is finally here as the New York Rangers face off against the New York Islanders tonight at 7 p.m. So I have to ask Andy, how are you feeling and how are you doing? Man, it's surreal. It's I can't believe we're here finally. The Rangers not being in the postseason last year, it made this this uh, time this summer seemed a bit longer for me. Whereas there's been some off seasons where it's like, man, hockey just left and it's already back, but. Yeah, I'm rip-roaring, ready to go. Obviously, the amount of turnover the Rangers have had has made things extra intriguing every for the last couple of seasons because not only were you excited to see what they would look like with the new faces, now with a new uh, coach, and you, which you would hope be a new style of, you know, a new way of doing things or even if the system is relatively similar, but just how, how, how it is executed. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of intrigue around what this team is going to look like and and if uh, the younger players are going to be able to, you know, really establish themselves in the lineup. So I'm excited, uh, excited for hockey to be back at the garden tonight. Um, if you're listening to this the morning, morning after the game when it drops. Oh yeah, man. It's just, it's very exciting. And like I had just said, it's, I, I'm just really curious because even, you know, these are preseason games. You can't put too much stock into it. Uh, it's funny just watching some of the the games last night, the first couple of preseason games around the league, and all the guys that are on PTOs are like lighting it up, like James Neal and Jimmy VC and uh, Bobby Ryan. You know, they they're all super super uh, hungry, obviously. So you can't put too much. It's more about seeing if lines of chemistry and if guys don't look too out of place. But obviously, it's the the wins and losses aren't really gonna affect much but it's just fun it's just fun to have hockey back and you know it's it's getting cool here in in new york city which means it's fall which means you know hockey season is is on our doorstep so i'm excited yeah i'm pumped too i think the preseason is going to be fun for the rangers and i think fans have a lot you know to look at i mean there's certainly a lot of spots um that are going to be given to a lot of these young you know, young rookies and, you know, these kids that are going to be playing on, you know, either for Hartford or, or going back to the respective leagues. 
um, you're going to see probably a lot of effort for them. You know, they want they want to be part of this organization. They want to be a part of this future that uh, is currently being built. And, you know, I think if you're a Rangers fan, you know, there's a lot of stock to be had in these games where you get to see what players like, you know, I think tonight they have, you know, a player like Cooley and, and Morgan Barron. And you just, you know, you, you kind of see what they have to offer. And I think that's a lot of fun. And, you know, we're in a really good spot where we do have, you know, kind of a lot of bodies to kind of fill out a few spots that we have in our lineup. And, you know, I'm excited, um, you know, just to watch them face off against the New York Islanders is always fun. Granted, our lineup is nothing, um, you know, to write home about. And it's not the starting lineup that we'll see in October. But like I said, there's certainly things there's narratives, there's stories to be told throughout this whole preseason. And, you know, it, it'll be nice to see, um, you know, players like Kako and Lafreniere actually experience what a, a true NHL, you know, preseason is, you know, playing preseason games and not kind of have, you know, this pandemic, you know, hanging over their heads. And, and you know, just from the looks of it, you know, seeing what Kako and Kraftsall and Lafreniere and all these young kids that are probably going to be on the team and certainly will be on the team um, come October, you know, you kind of see how comfortable they are, you know, and, you know, I think there's, you know, a lot to say with those kids maturing and finding their role and, you know, believing and buying into a system uh, that they, you know, haven't been a part of yet. And, you know, they finally have an NHL quality coach. Hopefully they're learning, um, you know, their systems and hopefully, you know, they'll have a chance to kind of put it all together here in the preseason. So, you know, to say, you know, to not put all the stock in, there's certainly narratives and stories to be told for the New York Rangers this offseason and or this preseason. And, you know, I, I'm just excited. You know, it's just it's it's hockey and it's New York Rangers hockey. So it's it's, you know, really it's been a long awaited journey, Andy, but we finally made it and here we are. So uh, I don't I, I don't know what you want to talk about first, because I feel like there's a bunch of topics. So if I throw stuff at you and I feel a little scattered brain, um, you could, you know, kind of reel me in, Andy. <laughs> but uh, um, the game tonight, I kind of want to get into the lineup. Uh, yeah. You know, you have Kreider, Zabanajad, Lafreniere, uh, Goudreau, Heedle, Kraftsoff, Hunt, Barron, The Goat, Cooley, Rempe, Henriksen. And then on the D pairings, you have Lindgren Fox. Uh, is it Nemeth or Nemeth? I think it's Nemeth. Nemeth and Niels and Tenardi and Boteto. And then you have Georgie and Huska in net. I don't know if they'll split the game, but uh, that's a possibility. Uh, Kreider, Zibanejad, Lafreniere. Do you think this is the line that kind of starts uh, in October? You know, is this line one? Are we going with this right off the bat here? Yeah, I honestly do. I think, and even though there was talk about trying different things out and the preseason's always for experimentation, I'm actually kind of surprised the way the Rangers have tried to hit the ground running here. Um, whether it's in their, during their, their, uh, their camp, just scrimmaging every day, starting from the first day, just trying to get a game pace and instead of feeling things out, I think uh, just with the mandate and the expectations, they want to hit the ground running. And even if they have to fake it until they make it, you know what I mean? So, right. It clear. And just looking at this lineup, I mean, a, a lot of the, which kind of been speculated and talked about, this seems pretty in, in step with that, with uh, 
you know, Galan had mentioned Lafreniere, one of Lafreniere or Ryder potentially moving to the right side. Uh, I mean, the good thing about Lafreniere moving to the right is that it makes him a little bit more of a shooting threat. And I, he's definitely uh, more of a goal. At least uh, I think he has more goal scoring ability in his toolkit than uh, Kreider does, at least, you know. So uh, if it, I think he's definitely can produce on that side, whereas Kreider Kreider's a guy that he's can be consistent, but at the same time, he's usually consistent, you know, he's consistently inconsistent sometimes. So if you want him to remain that and not have to feel his way into another, yet another, I think uh, Lafreniere could probably make that transition a little bit more seamlessly just because his hockey IQ is higher and he can find soft spots and dangerous spots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Goudreau, Heedle, crafts off. Everyone speculates that'll be the third line. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the line that's going to make or break, I think, this team this year, which is interesting to say, but I definitely think that's a line that can feast on some bottom six uh, matchups if they can actually click. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think Galan had spoken about how Goudreau brings some more of a role player mentality to that line and can kind of hopes that it, it, it rubs off on Kraftsoff who's n- and Heedle, who are no slouch on forechecking either. But just in terms of when they don't have the puck playing well and heavy away from it too, which is kind of a yeah, it's kind of that's something that is it takes NHL rookies a little bit longer to figure out. So yeah, and then as far as the D pairs, I mean Lindgren and Fox goes without saying, but uh Nemeth and Lungvist, I mean, that's what everyone kind of speculated. They would be a third pairing and you know, Tenori and Batetto the extra guys. So yeah, it just seems like they have Pretty much, they have in their mind what they want to see, and they're they're going right out with it, and they're going to see if it works. And maybe it's in less experimentation, more that this is what we want, and we'll change it if it's not working. But uh, let's let's see if what how you know well, let's see what it looks like. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It looks like he went one and three in terms of lines, and then went you know one and three in terms of deep pairing. Uh, to start you know the preseason, and then I would imagine you'd get a line two and four. Uh, something solidified for possibly next game. So, and and also probably another the other D pairing too, also in that mix. You know, Andy, looking at you know, I I know you mentioned the Goudreau Heedle crafts off line. Uh, if I had to ask you right now, you know, I feel like those spots are up for up up for grabs with the bottom six. You know, I think you know those players are going to be fighting for that third third line spot. You know, Heedle obviously is going to be penciled in there for the center role. I don't think he's going to be. There's no. There's no real threat, um, really, for him being that number third, that number three center. Jesus, uh, Goudreau. Obviously, we don't know. You know, really, what to expect from him. I can see him as a guy that kind of is up and down our lineup all season long, just with you know injuries and uh, you know. There's a guy that came came from Tampa, seen it all, done it all, and. You know, will be that role player that the Rangers so desperately needed uh, these last couple seasons. Uh, and then you have Crafts off there. Um, and, you know, obviously he got, you know, some minutes and played a little bit with the Rangers last year and and kind of was, you know, a lot more productive than I thought he'd be. And felt a little looked a lot more comfortable than I thought he'd look. Um, what do you expect from him this season? Because here's a kid that, you know, was a first round draft pick. Um, he was kind of that first player. I kind of group them in that Kako and Lafreniere, but him being that first player uh, in that group. Uh, what do you expect from Kraftsov this season if he's playing a steady role on the third line? 
Well, I I hope he, you know, because I was impressed with him, how at least his, his defensive play and his uh, play five on five and in transition last year, I, I love the fact that he was hounding down pucks with his skating because he's a very fluid, skin-efficient skater, and he was using his speed to pressure uh, puck carriers and stuff like that. So I like that. I definitely thought he could have had a few more chances. He said he worked on his shot this summer. Um, and yeah, I think he's got, he clearly has top six skill. And that's what my hope is. He is a top six NHLer eventually, even if he might even be one now, but it's kind of hard to, to know for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, you want, you want your players to be well-rounded and to play well off the puck and play well defensively. But at the same time, it's yeah, I think he's I would like him to kind of try to mix it up. I mean, I'm hoping that the more he puts himself in good spots, that his skill will take over if he they can if that line can turn over more pucks or Heedle can use his speed to help bring and his size to bring pucks to the net, especially if Goudreau and Heedle can, uh, you know, be more bull in the China shop type players and that can let uh, crafts off be kind of sneaky and set himself up or you know, make the score, the goals or make, or make the, the big plays, you know? So, uh, yeah, I just want him to continue to do the things I saw him do last season, but yeah, I'd like him to establish himself a bit more. Cause like I said, I think that is a line that could definitely feast on a lot of, uh, bot bottom six, uh, you know, matchups around the league because they are at least on paper, those, you know, I think people eventually hope Heedle is second line center quality and crafts up as a top six and, you know, Goudreau is Goudreau, but, he plays a heavy style and it's clearly been successful, you know, with his, uh, everywhere he's been, be it Tampa or even, you know, when he's coming from San Jose. So, yeah, I mean, I just want, yeah, I just, like I said, I just want Kraftsoff to do the right things, but hopefully he gets to capitalize on more chances. Yeah. And, you know, that third line definitely be interesting if that's how it is to start the season. Um, again, we spoke about this before, but Heedle really needs to step up. I would love to see Heedle, you know, and, and you even said Kraftsoff being a top six forward. I really want Heedle to be, you know, I want him to make the argument that he deserves to be, you know, uh, you know, right up there with Strom as that number two center. And obviously Zabenjad's kind of in a league of his own, just his ability to score goals and bunches and kind of be that, you know, spark plug uh, for this New York Rangers team. But, you know, I want, I want Heedle to, I want fans to have to have the argument on Twitter on whether or not Heedle or Strom should be centering the second line. Like, I really want him to step up that much. I know that's unlikely given the chemistry that Panarin and Strom have together, but I really want Heedle to make the argument for himself that he deserves, you know, top six minutes. And, and uh, you know, th that's what I expect from him. Otherwise, the kind of Heedle experiment is kind of over. You kind of know what you have for him. Uh, you know, not to say that he isn't an NHL center. He certainly is. It's just that, and I think the Rangers are ready for, you know, someone to step up big time because you don't really know what you have in, in term uh, for Strom. You know, is he going to be here long term? I, that's doubtful. So, you know, I, I really want him to step up. Morgan Barron, another center that's kind of, you know, drew a little attention his way over the, the camp, training camp. You know, I know that fourth center spot is kind of up in the air. I, I, you know, do you expect him? to kind of be on this Ranger squad you know, eventually, uh, you know, throughout the season, or is this kid that needs another year to develop uh, with Hartford? No, I expect to see him. And I think at the end of the day, as 
I obviously it's nice to see the the love fest that has surrounded Ryan Reeves and kind of like he said the the swagger and teaching the young guys how to lock up and practice and all that oh, is well, great. But you don't want to. I I don't ultimately think he is not the quality of NHL or you want to give heavy minutes over an 82 game season. So I think at a certain times he will not be in the lineup. And even if you keep Rooney at center and put Barron on the wing, he can kind of do both. And then at least if someone gets kicked out, he can take face offs here and there. Uh, yeah, I think he'll get, he'll definitely get some games this year. Um, but I think at least to start the season, Gallant is going to go with Reeves. They have the familiarity and, you know, it's, I think it's just as simple as that. And obviously much to if the game one is versus the Washington Capitals. So, uh, yeah. go, you know, there's all there's that. So but no, I think Baron will draw in at some point. Um, I just think to start, obviously, Blay and Rooney are, are most likely penciled in. So um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think Reeves is definitely going to need some management or, or someone gets hurt. So, you know, so if that happens, he's I think he's the first man up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's one of those guys that um, will stick with the squad. I, I think it's important for him to kind of be around, um, you know, in the locker room with the guys being in practice and kind of getting extra reps. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll be really important for him. You know, even if he's killing penalties in practice, I just think, you know, all that, you know, those repetitions are going to be useful for him. For a kid who, you know, is in an organization that is desperate for ha- to have center step up and, and here's a kid that can play center. So, uh, and especially def- if he can play a defensive style, I mean, that'll be tremendous. You know, uh, the third and fourth spots are going to be ups for grabs. If um, Strom ends up leaving New York a little early, if he's part of a trade or something, you never know. Uh, so Andy, I want you, you spoke about this and you touched it before, but you know, obviously Reeves, so far is almost a dream come true for the New York Rangers. Uh, he looks like a leader. Uh, he's talking like a leader. He's basically showing that, you know, there's nothing for this roster to feel uh, fear anymore. And he's going to hold, you know, players accountable and, you know, the shit's not going to go down on his watch. I mean, I had chills reading some of the quotes that he had during his press conference. How did that make you feel? Was it warm and fuzzy inside? Like it, like, you know, how it made me feel. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Reeves ultimately, you can say it's the obviously the deterrent aspect of his game or just the fact that he makes players sit a little bit taller on the bench. But yeah, I mean, he was ultimately brought in for his uh, off the ice impact because I just think he's he's the oldest player on this team now. Um, He like I said, he definitely makes he brings a good feeling to the room. He brings some pushback. He makes everyone, like I said, sit a little bit taller on the bench. And yeah, he's a funny, jovial and well-spoken guy. His answers to in during interviews was great. And uh, it's clear he has always had a soft spot for New York and he's felt the love even before coming here. And that he's noticed that fans have like wanted him to come here. So yeah, it's, it's just a good fit. And obviously Gallant being his former coach who really liked him. Uh, it just, it's it's nice to have him here, and like you said, it is it does definitely does feel like a feel good story and a a good way to help the Rangers turn the page. Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, it might end up being a Brendan Smith situation where ultimately you're like, oh, you know, he did a lot of good things for this organization, and they're like, well, was it did he do a lot of good things on the ice? And you're like, uh, not really, but you know, but ultimately he like 
he was a pillar for them when they needed it, you know, or at least in terms of leadership on that team. So I think that's ultimately will be his greatest uh, contribution to this team. Not so much. It's clearly not going to be scoring goals and, you know, it might not even be just uh, play on the ice, but it just, like I said, it's just, he brings those intangibles with him that usually uh, factor into winning teams and a winning pedigree and a winning mentality. So, yeah, so from that aspect, I think it's it's definitely it's every I was everything he said and every you know everything he's done so far is music to my ears. You know, the video of him teaching crafts off how to how to lock yeah. up and where to hold the jersey, and clearly young guys are asking him questions, coming to him, and especially because he's the only one who has uh, has had Gallant as a coach before. So clearly the players are picking his brain, being like, "What's he like? Is he this or that?" Um, so yeah, I think it, it helps and it all, all, you know, the eyes and the, they look to him all of a sudden because he's got the familiarity. So, and he, yeah, like I said, he's the only, he's been in the league the longest he's the oldest player on the team. So, um, yeah, he's already, he's already clearly become a leader, uh, for this Rangers squad. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting just to see how, you know, this team has kind of come together and the the mix that we have of young kids and now we brought in some you know veteran players and um leadership is certainly a narrative and um you know toughness is a narrative you know are they going to be you know we need to be more physical we need to stick up for ourselves you know who's going to be the leaders in the locker room and you know i kind of want to get into you know our captain they announced that there's going to be a captain this year i have no idea or an inkling on who it could be I mean, my gut says Kreider because I really feel like maybe the organization throwing a C on his chest will get him to kind of wake up and be a little bit more consistent and kind of look at himself in the mirror and say, like, what do I actually need to do, you know, game in and game out to to lead this team? And it's not always about what you can do on the stat sheet. Um, You know, I think a perfect line was said, you know, with uh, Panarin about the captaincy and how. He doesn't even really want it because that's not his style. That's that's not what makes him an effective player. I think you can argue the opposite for Kreider. I think if you slap a C on his chest, he'll kind of reel himself in, find his game, find what's effective, and play within himself because that's kind of what he needs to do. He's not the guy that's going to score 50 goals and and you know put up another you know 25 assists. I, I really do think that he you know, kind of just needs to be that role player and it kind of embrace that. And in fact, the the points will come if he does embrace that kind of role. He doesn't need to be the goal scorer. He doesn't need to be the guy that puts, you know, Barry's home every single rebound on the power play. I mean, that's great and all, but we really need him just to be a physical presence, you know, play with a lot of speed. And, you know, he he's a force when he wants to be. And that's what we need. We just need to be, you know, consistent and I think that that's just the narrative for the entire team is consistency. And it starts with him, starts with the, our top guys. Yeah. And like I said, it's most like I believe it'll most likely be Chris Kreider. I, I would if I had to even put odds on it, I'd say there's probably, you know, like a 55 percent chance it's him, maybe a 25 percent chance it's uh Jacob Truba, you know, and then and twenty percent chance it's Mika Zibanejad, and that's uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think Adam Fox would be named captain. He's a little too young. 
Um, and yeah, I just think with the Zabanajad with the contract thing looming, it doesn't really help his chances because they I, I think they'd be afraid to slap the C on him if they felt he wasn't coming back. Although there was a rumor, I think that Vince reported that the Rangers were they were discussing extension. So who knows? But well, I was going to ask you that when when do the you know the questions start to the, to be asked you know on whether you know or not you know the future uh, you know is a New York Rangers sweater for Mika Zabanajad? Well, it's weird. I mean, if they announce if they make him captain like they say they on they leave it a secret until uh they come out on the ice for their home opener um they're gonna announce like legitimately like right before the game it's like oh he's or even during hell even during the game you know it's like they've agreed to a multi-year extension and he's got the c on the sweater um yeah i mean it's right now looking at the, the money you you assume he's gonna especially coming off Kaprizov playing what maybe 45, 47 games and getting $9 million. So, you know, Mika's getting 9 million. So it's a lot of money, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would definitely be pleasantly surprised if Mika was made captain because I think it would ensure that he is coming back. I don't think he would, you know, especially if, 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 if they weren't didn't finish uh, hashing out his contract yet, I would you would hope that he understands. I like playing here. Um, you know the he likes playing here. It's a winning team. It's a team that is going to be good for. They're they're built to be sustainably good for the next little while. Um, you know, knock on wood. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you would hope that maybe not take too much of a discount because obviously players need to look out for themselves but at the same time you would hope he could at least say like all right i'm not gonna you know we'll keep it at nine million or this or that or whatever i'm not gonna really like make you pay for my past performance you know so but i i ultimately i do think it ends up being one of Kreider or truba it'll probably be Kreider. and yeah i mean they asked they've been asking both most of the players about the captain with that being kind of the elephant in the room after Gallant said that. And they've all said the same thing. It's like important for us all to lead, but it would obviously be an honor. Uh, clearly Kreider likes and Kreider behind the scenes does like working one-on-one with the kids. He takes a lot of them under his wings, lets them live with them in the summers and he shows them how to work out and all that stuff. So who knows at the end of the day, I can have my opinions, but I'm not in that room. And if there's a guy that makes them more comfortable, if they, they pass the hat around and they do a secret ballot and everyone gets to vote on who they want to be captain and Kreider wins. That's what they think is best for them. So, or what they want. So who am I to say, I think it should be this person, you know, obviously as a fan, I just think, uh, it would be cool. At least I'm a Zabanajad fan. So obviously I want it to be Mika, but I'm sure there's some people that would love Kreider to get the C. So, and some people who would absolutely hate it. So, you know, you're not going to please everyone. So, you just hope it's ultimately the the decision is the one that galvanizes the the players in the room the most. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. And if Sportsbook is not yet available in your states, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, see, I don't know who. I'm torn on who I want. I mean, right now, I don't want Mika being captain if he doesn't have a contract set. So, yeah, it's just it's too awkward because then and then what? I feel like do the Rangers do that to themselves prior to a negotiation? Like you can't name a guy captain and then be like I'm fighting for dollars because it's just like you just named me captain of your team. Now you're you're not now you're trying to you know strangle me for you know two million dollars. It's like come on, it's it's just it's awkward. I, I highly doubt it's Mika unless you like you said they announce an extension. Um, for me personally. Um, I, I've had enough with Kreider. I mean, he's got a lot to show me this year to prove that he's not this, you know, Casper, the friendly ghost 50% of the time. I honestly would like to see Truba get the C. I know it's, it's not a, a sexy name to give it to. It's a guy that really hasn't been here that long. Uh, he's underperformed certainly, but I do think it's a guy that, you know, maybe it's time for him to take the next step and, and, be a leader. We all know that, you know, he's one of the main guys in the locker room, one of the voices in the locker room. It's so that leadership quality is already there. Um, you know, you kind of hope that the, you know, the on ice product kind of follows suit. And I think, you know, wearing a C again, makes a player reflect on, you know, what they need to do to be a true leader on this team. And like I said before, Troop is another guy that it's not what he does on the stat line. It's, it's him, you know, laying out a tempo hit. It's him, playing that physical game and grinding in the corners and, you know, you know, chipping the puck up and make it easier, you know, for our wingers to, you know, get out of the zone. It's, you know, it's just the little things and, and hopefully, and, and I kind of want to get into this next Andy, um, you know, you know, buying into the system that Gallant is setting. How do you feel about Gallant with this team compared to the teams of his past? You know, I, it's, it's a very youthful team. Um, they kind of brought in uh, a bunch of pieces that are, you know, to bring a, an NHL presence to this locker room. But how do you think he's handling molding and or kind of I should say, actually, I should say this. How do you feel about him taking over coaching the youth on this team after, you know, Quinn's tenure with the Rangers? Uh, yeah, I guess one of those things that it remains to be seen because he's not like when David Quinn got here, he called all the guys in the summer. He flew out to see guys and whatever, canoodle with them and be friendly with them and develop a relationship. And ultimately, when he left, the all the discussion was that the, the vets kind of tuned him out and that the, the young guys had a hard time figuring out what he wanted from them and that they would second guess themselves and it left them. Yeah, it left them in a worse spot, and clearly Kako and Lafreniere underperformed, as did Tietel in a sense. So, meanwhile, Gallant's like, yeah, no, this is my first time meeting the guys. I'm just seeing him on the ice, getting comfortable. But he's more of a... He seems... He strikes me kind of like AV, and then he's definitely more hands-off in terms of a lot of that stuff. But it's just like, hey, you know, these are the expectations. I respect you. But obviously, it's a two-way street, and you got to do whatever. And 
I mean, that seems to have really showed he's a fun loving guy. Reeves said he's not the type to, if you have a law, if, you know, if you win a couple in a row and then you lose one, he's not going to bag skate you because you lost. He's not that type of guy. He's a more of a turn the page kind of guy. And like I said, he's hands off. So uh, I guess it remains to be seen, but maybe, like I said, the, the young players thinking they were second guessing themselves and then the older players who are ready to win because they know they're, they're in the twilight of their careers all of a sudden. I think it's uh, the perfect message for that room, I think, and the, or the perfect approach, I should say, in that it's going to be professional, but a little business-like, but also like, hey, listen, I'm not, if you, if you mess up, I'm, I'm not going to, if you make one mistake, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to like bench you for no reason or sit you out a couple of shifts or whatever. But at the same time, you need to have a consistent effort and performance and that's it totally fair so i think he i think it'll everyone will should benefit from it i think galant's teams the past couple of seasons whether it's his time in florida or uh just his tenure with the golden knights i think those teams benefited from that um obviously i think the challenge is both you know in florida he maybe had more of a similar situation as he was trying to get uh barkov and huberdu or and actually successfully help those guys kind of become preeminent players but Meanwhile, he had a little bit of an older team uh, of at least undervalued, but, you know, journeyman players when he first got to Vegas with the expansion draft and that they all were good role players for their teams, but just weren't weren't kept because they weren't valued as at least good offensive players. And lo and behold, they all knew how to play NHL hockey and adhere to a system kind of like Barry Trotz and what these older, more established vets who, who know who know systems and they know how to play and they know what to do away from the puck that they just, it's more of an effort thing. And if they do that, they, you know, they succeed. So we'll see if how that translates to the younger players, but you know, he, he definitely did something similar in Florida. So you would hope that it would lead them to have at least the breakouts. We've hoped Capo, Kako and Heedle and Lafreniere. We've wanted to see from them the last couple of seasons. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think, you know, you know, it's it's weird now that we don't have Quinn anymore and we have Galan. I I just feel like more comfortable. Like there's, I feel like there's less pressure on our younger guys to perform. Like I I feel like the pressure is off. So God knows what they feel like. And I just feel like there's just a maturity amongst the group of guys in the, in that locker room. And and that's just the perception I have. And God knows if it's true, but I feel like it's come across that way. You know, I don't know if it's the the branding of this team and this year and kind of like a fresh start, you know, Drury's first season, Gallant's here, um, you know, all the young guys, you finally feel like, you know, COVID doesn't have a, a full stranglehold on this league anymore. And it feels more normal. I don't know if it's all those factors playing into this, but I really do feel like um, there's a breath of fresh air coming in with this season, with this roster. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't, aren't the biggest fans with what the Rangers did or they felt like the Rangers could have, you know, done a little bit better improving, you know, their grit and, and just NHL presence in the, in that locker room. But I really do feel like we have a really good mix of players. And if they all buy into Gallant, we know what they're going to be capable of. And uh, unfortunately for us, Andy, I think we set the, the pedestal a little, or I don't even know. Is it, ped- yeah, you set the pedestal too low. I mean, Reeves was talking, it's a Stanley Cup or bust, you know, that's what they want to be fighting for. So, you know, I kind of, I guess we'll end it here. Um, I'll definitely have you do uh, uh, what you think uh, the outlook for the tonight's game will will look like. But, you know, 
Andy, how do you feel about, you know, the mentality going into this season that it's Stanley Cup or bust? Uh, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for some expectations again. How many seasons now since the, the letter has it been? We're figuring it out. We're figuring out, especially everything they did this summer and some of the moves maybe we weren't so much uh, keen on, like trading Buchnevich for a couple cents on the dollar just just because you just are committed to not pay having to pay him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this all can't be for nothing. I think if you're going to do this, you have to see it through. And it would to walk it back and say, oh, well, no, it was always just still about getting our footing because then then you find yourself in, in kind of a weird limbo where I think the players on this team are good enough. And I mean, if you look at just the state of some of the other teams in the Metro, and we've spoken about this on the past couple of podcasts, whether it's the fact that uh, Pittsburgh will be without Malkin for a couple months and Crosby is hurt and might miss a week or two and then he's going to get it have to get back up to speed and uh kevin hayes having core surgery so flyers are down a middle six center and uh backstrom's having hip problems or something and kuznetsov's coming back after they were trying to trade him but whatever so it's just i just think that there is a path for the rangers to be at least the top three team in the metro you know and or even a wild card uh, team, if if that's the way it falls, but I don't see any reason why they can't be on the top, the upper end of, of the metro, metropolitan division. So, uh, yeah, I, I want the expectations. I want to be disappointed if they don't hit it. Um, nothing, you know, nothing gambled, nothing uh, earned, right or gained. I forget which one it is, but yeah, there has to there has to be some expectations. We're all we're all very excited, but clearly the patience of the owner is was had run thin. And I think the patients, if they don't this year, I think you're going to get like Toronto with like getting out of the first round. There's going to be a lot of, uh, because I think that's the thing. If Toronto loses in the first round again, they're going to fire their coach, right? They have to. Yeah. And that's like, there's some teams that are just trying to make the playoffs. Like they get in, they just can't get out of the first round. So it's like, it's funny how expectations are different for everyone, but clearly expectations are to make the postseason for this team. So they have the, they have the offensive firepower for sure. Um, the goal, they should have the goaltending, you know, you hope the D remains good and you just hope Gallant's coaching his system is enough to get the players to play well enough away from the puck. And Adam Fox is yet another big year and they have it. It's, it's in the, it's within their grasp. They have the personnel. There's, there's no doubt about it. And if it doesn't get wrong, it's going to, there's, you know, there's gonna be a lot of finger pointing and probably a lot of moves made or, you know, all, all of a sudden it's like, there's something rotten in this core and who is it and all this other stuff. So I don't want to have to deal with that. Uh, it would definitely give us plenty of content in the off season to talk about, but I would much rather see what they can get in the postseason, and see and take it from there and see how far they can go, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, a few weeks ago, a month ago, you asked me, I was like, I don't know if it's playoffs or bust. Then it, a couple of weeks after that, I was like, nah, it's playoffs or bust. And now that Reeves just said it's Stanley Cup or bust, I mean, I'm all in. Like, and, and I think it's just the fact that, you know, the New York Rangers hockey is here. They play tonight. There's a game. I cannot wait. And uh, I guess we can end it here, Andy. I, I know it's just a preseason game. I know we don't, both teams are not going to be playing their, you know, full NHL roster. Uh, but you still have to give, uh, you know, what, what do we got for a prediction here? Oh man. Uh hmm. Well, I mean I I didn't see, take a look at who the Islanders are sending. Um 
usually it's I feel like with preseason games, the home team's usually a little bit more stacked than the the away team. They save their their top units for when they play the preseason games at home. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to say the Rangers win, but uh, I guess I, it depends on how. And also, I, I believe regardless whether a team wins or not, teams can if they they have the option to like practice, take shootout practice if they want, regardless of the score. So that might happen, too. So I don't know how that affects things. But um, yeah, I'm going to say the Rangers win by two goals, maybe I, what the final score is. I don't know. I'll, I don't know. I'll say. The Rangers win uh, three to one. All right. Yeah. Does Laugh get one? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. I think he gets one. I think right. Laugh. Actually, no. Zabanajad's going to get one. Lafreniere's going to get the first assist on it. Okay. And I think Lafreniere gets a goal. I feel like Heedle's going to get a goal. And I'm going to say. Um, Fox has got to put one in. I can. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I think I have a weird feeling Nils Lungfist is going to get one. Or actually, I don't think Nils Lungfist gets one. I think Nils Lungfist is going to take a low slapper and someone's going to get a stick on it and they're going to score. But Lungfist is going to be the one with the uh, the assist, the primary assist. So I don't know who, who, who that's going to be, but we'll see. All right. Well, you got anything else, Andy? Nope. Hockey's back. Uh, it's finally breezy and cool out and it's fall and uh yeah i'm just happy it's like i said i'm happy it's back and we're getting uh, very close to the start of season three of our podcast and uh yeah i mean it's all we we try it was definitely difficult filling the summer with content and speculation and all this stuff but the puck drops tonight so let's uh nothing left but to finally sit down and see what we got here Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.